Hello, hello, hello. Call me an anti, I guess. This is Shit Larry Say. This is the first episode in our mini-series about fandom racism. As always, please send any questions or comments that you may have to shitlarrysay at Tumblr. Well, hello. I am here again with the lovely Back to Louie. Hello. And we are going to start talking for the first time in a while. Um, We're recording this on July 11th. Um, And so on our little series here about fandom racism. Oh, we didn't talk about this before, but I do think it should be mentioned. I got that anonymous ask from someone saying that two white women talking about racism wasn't a good idea. So, just to make it clear, Back to Louie is black. I'm black, y'all. So, um, this is fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm allowed. Yeah. Um, So, our first episode we've kind of outlined here, and we wanted to go through a couple of definitions, um, a couple of examples, um, to kind of set things up for further... um, discussion later on so um, I wanted to start actually with fandom as a whole and there's been a lot of talk about Twitter fandom apparently I keep seeing these references to people leaving Twitter to come to Tumblr so I guess it's probably a good idea to get this like information out there before we're inundated with it Um, but I want to start at the very basics which is the definition of a stan so back to Louie, do you remember when this song came out in 2000? I do. So I do. in the year 2000, Eminem, who according to an anonymous uh, ask I got, it was a hardcore white rapper, <laughs> which was hilarious <laughs> that someone felt the need to explain that to me. I remember listening to two kids in my sixth grade science class. One of them was the Korean boy I had this huge crush on. Um, they were singing I'm the real Slim Shady like they knew every word one was a white boy and one was this Korean boy and that's the first like information I had about Eminem Um, but so in 2000 Eminem released a song called Stan and it's about a fan who claimed to be Eminem's biggest fan so the first three verses are this Stanley character writing letters to Eminem and as the letters go on they become more and more um, you know violent and upset that Eminem isn't responding to him and so in the third um, in the third one in this letter he's writing he's saying that he's gonna get drunk and he locks his pregnant girlfriend in the trunk of his car and drives him into the river And so the fourth verse is Eminem writing back to Stan and telling him he needs to get help or he's going to end up like the man who drove off the bridge, killing himself and his pregnant girlfriend, and then Eminem realizes that that man was Stan. So from that song, we get the word Stan to refer to an obsessed fan. And this is not, like, a positive (laughs) name. Like... Some will say, oh, it's stalker fan, not from that song. But even that is not a positive thing to call yourself a stalker. Um, It's like the idea of, like, fantasizing that you are 
what you over identify with them you project on them like that's a lot of what stan's letters are is like you and me are the same and then it turns into like we should get together and you won't talk to me you know and and Mm -hmm. it's sort of like well that sounds really familiar (laughs) um yeah it's over the top and it's not it's definitely abnormal behavior it's unhealthy abnormal behavior and if you or someone you know is behaving that way please seek help um so I wouldn't say, like, don't call me a stan. I don't want to be known as a stan. Um, it, the word is also used as a verb, saying that you stan so-and-so. Um, mm-hmm. But I steer clear of using that unless someone is behaving that way, and then, yeah, I'll call them a stan. Um, mm-hmm. But mostly you'll see fans claim it for themselves um, on Twitter, generally. So in all kinds of fandoms on Twitter, particularly like Beyonce, Ariana Grande, um, Lady Gaga... And also K-pop fandom, um, but basically fans who are engaging in fandom on Twitter are more likely to use it than fans who are on, say, Tumblr or uh, back in the day, LiveJournal. And yeah, we weren't using that because we, we the song was contemporary with LiveJournal. Right, like we knew. I I remember having a vivid memory of you know knowing that oh Stan is from that Eminem song and that's a negative word to call somebody. <laughs> Um, But you know what? Language changes. Um, But that's where that term comes from. And if you're younger, you might not have known that. And that's fine. But now you know. So that kind of brings us into how stands communicate and the language that they use. And this is where we start to get into why the heck this has to do with fandom racism. Um, Because stands, they call their language stand language. And this is actually a form of cultural appropriation. So I'm going to give an explanation of cultural appropriation that, because it's, I think a lot of the times it's used, especially I belong to a couple teacher groups on Facebook, and I see it more generally used in times it's not appropriate. Um, So I wanted to be sure that we got this right. But um, dictionary definition is it's the adoption of an element or elements of one culture by members of another culture. Um, And it's a negative act when the elements that are being appropriated are from a disadvantaged minority culture and the group doing the appropriating are from a dominant culture. Um, And I have a I'll link to this article on the blog and in the notes uh, from Feminuity. Uh, quote, appropriation causes harm when it perpetuates stereotypes, turns culture into a commodity, and uses historical traditions as a trend, while the originating group continues to experience discrimination for the very same thing. This is why, quote unquote, white culture, which is not a thing, but whatever, uh, white people things can't be appropriated, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... That's cultural appropriation. And um, an example of this that we all know is wrong. And anytime we see it, we're like, ooh, don't do that. And we think that politicians should be fired from their jobs if they have engaged in it is blackface. Um, This is from, this is used back in the day uh, for minstrel shows. Uh, They wouldn't want to put black actors on stage so white actors would paint their faces and behave in caricatures behave as caricatures um, in order to tell the story that they wanted to tell 
Um, and, you know, we just know at this point that that's not something you should do. Well, we hope that people know it. Um, yeah. That's not always the case. Uh, I mean, the Prime Minister of Canada uh, engaged in it. Uh, yep. And the governor, right, Northam, Democratic governor of Virginia. Virginia, yeah. And too many more to count. Those are just yeah. the ones on the top, the top of my mind. Uh, and then with the advent of the GIF and, um, you know, reply function on Twitter, we have a whole lot of reaction GIFs um, that are really a form of digital blackface where white people use the um, faces of black people, most notably black women, to express yeah. themselves. Um, so uh, this is not one of the mainstream things right now that people are like, oh, don't do that. But it's definitely not a thing that you should be doing because um, yeah. it, it is it's blackface. So am yeah. I on the right track here, BTL? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, I'm, I'm happy to see that that's emerging, like the awareness of digital blackface is emerging. Um, it's something that I noticed, but didn't necessarily have a have a name to put on it. It's just like, wow, it's always it's always one of those real house housewives, huh? Mm-hmm. Like it's always always that. Um, yeah, I think that captures it fairly well. Okay, so um, now let's link these two ideas together: stand language and cultural appropriation. So stand language is cultural appropriation because it's basically hijacking um, AAVE, African-American Vernacular English, which is also referred to as BVE or Black Vernacular English, and that's what I'm going to stick with because not every black person identifies as African-American or is actually African-American. Like me. Exactly. So since BVE is a more inclusive phrase, um, I'll be using that term. Um, So some examples of BVE, which may be familiar to you, are lit, woke, bay, ratchet, cis, hella, basic, straight up, on fleek, I feel you, turn up, um, basically any slang that my students have started using that I've been like, what the heck is that? Is Period, I'm dead, even things like I'm dead sounds very inno- um, innocuous, but it's mm-hmm. EVE as well. Yeah, so um, all of these words are actually part of a dialect of English. And the reason this is appropriation is because even me speaking as a teacher, being around older, typically older white teachers who when they have um, black students in class or students of color who are basically, you know, they've engaged in black culture their whole lives, um, they speak this way and especially in an English class being told no that's not appropriate that's not the right grammar you need to fix this Um, you need to speak properly when um, BVE has its own internal logic for grammar it is logically consistent internally consistent and it's just another dialect there's nothing lesser to it but in our basically racist school system it's considered this people who are speaking BVE are considered to be less intelligent when that's not necessarily the truth. Um, So the fact that you have, what was that? 
Or less educated. Yes, less educated. Yeah. So the fact that you have mostly straight white girls or white girls on Twitter taking these words and using them um, and not being condemned for it and not being told, oh, you're uneducated for it. Uh, they get, basically get to just play in the sandbox, but they, they don't have to face any of the negative repercussions um, that people who grew up speaking BVE have to face. And that's what makes it cultural appropriation. Yeah. Uh, and so the other note I had here on this is that um, drag slang is also used, but I think in the conversation that BTL and I had before this, I think we've come to the conclusion that the drag slang is kind of came from the language of black women first. Um, and the drag slang is more being appropriated by white gay men. Mm -hmm. um, and then the white girls on Twitter, usually straight white girls who are idolizing these white gay men, uh, start to use that as well. And it's just, you know, further and further down um, and taking the original words further and further away from their origin. And that also takes it out of context as well. Yeah. Um, so stand language as cultural appropriation is definitely something you've got to keep an eye on. And um, perhaps I would say, I'm going to go as far as to say white people, you shouldn't be using it until we get to a point where um, in schools, our black children can use that language uh, and not be um, shamed for it then white people should not be using the slang. Yeah. If I may make an emotional appeal that basically mm -hmm. reiterates what you said, but um, I wanted to say, you know, it's not the fact that, that white people are using it, that's the problem. And it isn't even the fact that you didn't invent it, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's that you're, you're plucking it from the mouths of the inventors and you don't even look back except to use their image for reaction gifs and minutes. And to you, it's cool and funny and it's effective in getting your point across with very few words, but then you get to take it off and drop it on the floor the second you move out of that space, the second you get off Twitter. And for other people, that's their whole life. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the language that is expected to be heard from the victims of police violence. You're using a thing that is critically associated with the people who are the first in line to be killed while existing in a black body and benefiting from the fact that it isn't associated with you as you use it. And that's why it's appropriation <laughs> and not to be freely shared. When it's not just associated with that, when you use it and it's no longer exclusively associated with people who disproportionately bear the brunt of structural racism and police violence and you know and, and imprisonment incarceration and family separation then it's then it becomes then it's a gift you know then you get to have it um but until then it's always going to be it's always going to rankle to see that come out of the mouth of someone who just gets to drop it and walk away from it mm -hmm. and for my part on this end um, since I started teaching advanced placement courses one of the first things we're taught is that grading the free responses spelling and grammar standard English grammar are not counted against the student 
unless what they're writing, like if they write it in such horrible grammar that you can't understand the point they're trying to get across. So since that moment, I was like, oh, God, thank God. I don't have to keep policing kids for this. So Mm -hmm. if a student were to write using solely black vernacular English, that -hmm. would be fine in my social studies classes. I'm not Mm -hmm. even told by the college board that I have to mark them off or teach them how to use standard English grammar. Of course, I think that's going to be different in an English class. Um, but for my part, I don't even make note on there that um, this is a you're using the rob the wrong verb tense because mm-hmm. I can understand it. I understand the logic of the grammar. It's good to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You wanted to bring up the manips of um, that. This is, I guess, where we get to the specifically the Larry conspiracy theorists. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the manips of uh, specifically Lena Waithe and Tan France that popped up yeah. during our time in fandom. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess just the background, you know, what was which was the Met Gala that um, Lena Waithe showed up in a suit, a lovely suit and a rainbow cape? It and... wasn't this year. Was it? Two years before Harry's get, uh, Met Gala, was it Catholic Imagination? I believe it was. Yeah. Um, Catholic Imagination. Yeah, thank you. And um, subsequently, uh, Larry manipulated both Louis and Harry onto Lena Waithe's body, who is an out-black lesbian, by the way. If you didn't know, Lena Waithe is an out-black lesbian. Um, and... Just as a fantasy of, you know, I don't know, one day <laughs> that will be them or whatever. And, you know, people pointed, people joked at like how bad a, a manip it was and they didn't even Photoshop the hands. Lena Way's black hands were still in the, <laughs> in the manip. Um, but also just the fact that, you know, if what you're looking for, if what you were looking for was representation and somebody taking a bold stance. I feel like a black lesbian doing dressing in a suit and wearing a rainbow cape is a really bold stance. It was already there. <laughs> um, to take that from her um, for your fantasy of two men who have not taken that stance, they haven't, um, was really offensive to me both as a woman and as a queer woman and as a black woman. Um, and they got a lot of pushback. I'm really glad that you, shit, Larry, say, really called that out and and generated an audience for people being like, "What the hell is this?" And you know, I, I saw a lot of bewilderment from from Black Twitter and Black Tumblr, just basically being like, unfortunately, not really understanding the context and being like, "This is white people." Um, and it's like, well, yes, but also, <laughs> um, it's a conspiracy theory, and they don't see color um and then fast forward to um tan france people manipulating you know louis onto tan france um lightening his skin which is whitewashing and um basically being like oh imagine basically when louis is going to do these things and i'm like well this british man of color from Doncaster is doing those things. If that's what you wanted, he's there. Mm-hmm. You don't 
why are you trying to capture something that someone else did and try to imagine Louis, who isn't doing that, doing it 20 years from now? What you wanted, but you didn't actually care about the action. What you wanted was your fave to just, you just wanted to project your fantasy onto your fave. And you're doing that by erasing and whitewashing an actual man of color. Like, how much harder must it be for Tan France to do what he's doing than it could possibly be for Louis to do it 20 years from now? Yeah. <laughs> That's, all I have to That's all I had to say. I'm just like, and you, you, like, I, it frustrates me so much to see people acting like Harriet and Louis are these besieged, horrible, tortured people. And when they're free, they'll do these things. And they can't, and, and, and having this mindset that they cannot do these things because the world is so unfree. And literal men and women of, literal queer men and women of color are doing these things right now. How can you possibly say it is harder for Harry and Louis to do it now than these people are doing it? Yeah, and <laughs> I don't want to take credit for making this post on Tumblr going viral because. It wasn't me because it was Black Twitter and Black Tumblr that made it go viral. Um, yeah, they did, absolutely. Yeah. But well, yeah. I think like you called it out, and they don't. They saw it. They give a white woman credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you made the post calling it out, and then it, and they got wind of it, and they did the work. So yeah, you know. But I'm glad that you called it out. And the other, one of the comments that gets reblogged the most on that, because it's got 52,000 notes, and every once in a while now I'll get a like or a reblog or something. Um, the one that gets reblogged the most is the one that added on that she's even wearing the um, inclusive uh, yes. gay pride flag with the black and brown stripes on it. Yeah. And this, I, this is May 2018, so it was two years before, or it was the year before Harry's. And that's, the inclusive flag was not a real popular thing. At right. that time, it was still viewed as, oh, but it's already inclusive. Why, why do we need to be more inclusive, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it was further, further taking a step, further taking a stance that was not even popularized at the time. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> it's just my stance on this. It's like conspiracy theorism aside, which I am already appalled and disgusted by, just mm -hmm. how dare you act like it would, like she hasn't done more and been braver. It infuriates me. Yeah, I keep, I'm scrolling at all of the, the comments that I reblogged on that, and I just keep getting distracted by her in this. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. ah, okay, moving on. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I think that's all, what we've got for this episode um, with the Stan language, Stan, how Stan language is a, cult a cultural appropriation, the specific ways that Larry's have engaged in, like, I think the worst cultural appropriation that exists, which is the placing their, you know, white male millionaires on top of a black lesbian woman uh, <laughs> and saying, oh, isn't this great? Um, yeah, we're feminists. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, topics we'll cover in uh, additional episodes are, you know, the One Direction or Larry relationship to Lizzo, to Stormzy. Uh, Stormzy is, I think, more actually 
1D fandom at large, especially um, Harry fandom. It's not just the Larrys that engaged in this particular thing. Um, no. And then we'll be getting deeper into transformative fandom, um, like where's the Stormzy Harry fic, uh, and also, importantly, how black fans are treated and used as props when a rich white man does a bad thing. Um, so, or a good thing. <laughs> or a good thing, yeah. So thank you guys for listening, and I hope that you will continue to listen to the rest of this uh, series on fandom racism. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find supplemental information, including links to debunks that have been done in the past, at shit-larrys-say.tumblr.com. That's shitlarrysay.tumblr.com.